When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. Back everybody to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode six oh three. Going to recap the week twenty two fab. Talk about some August surprise players and the chaos that has unfolded in the last hour to two hours in baseball of everyone just saying screw it, I don't want my money and I want my money back is what it comes down to. And we're just going to give away players. Just please take them so we can save some money and you can have a better chance at the playoffs. So we're going to talk about that in a minute because it was just the Angels and that just changed in like the last twenty minutes. So uh, it's 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 wild. But uh, you can find me on Twitter at BDentric and to help me break all this chaos down the best we can. Pure speculation. I will say that many times. You can find him on Twitter at BreakingBen underscore T. BreakingBen. Ben Tid, how are we doing, my friend? Doing great, Bubba. It's going to be a much more exciting show than I thought it was going to yeah. be when I said, yeah, I'll come on the pod. <laughs> yeah, no, guys, we were talking for the last couple of days. Like, ah, what are you going to talk about? Like, we could talk about this. Like, you know, whatever. Kind of standard. Season's almost over. Let's get to the finish line conversation. And then the Angels decide to go just like, hey, we need to save money for the future. And then the Yankees, and then the White Sox, then the Mets. It's like all these teams are just saying, you know what? Playoff teams, you want to take some of our guys for some money? Cool. Let's do it. Other than that, though, my friend, before we start, I always ask, how are we doing? How's the fantasy season? What's going on? Overall, it's pretty good if you look at my portfolio teams. Um, but I'm going to say it's not the best because I'm not doing the, the best in the main events. And that's where a lot of the money is and uh if i could clean those up it, it would be going a little bit better but uh I, I can't really complain with how i'm doing so far good question the, the one team we talked about last time you're like you think you're gonna punt saves was the the decision how is that comeback coming because you were talking about fighting to get back into the money and um that was what probably three four weeks ago maybe so how's that coming along so i got as high as sixth place and 80 points because that one was like in 12th for a lot of the year and, and uh, near the bottom of the standings and uh I think right now it, it so like but with both of my main events it's so tightly bunched it's kind of insane that how much like I'm gaining losing points right now but um I think I'm in tenth yeah I'm in tenth right now with seventy three points so I'm I'm right there in the middle of um it's gonna be a little bit of a stretch to get to that third place but uh, it's definitely a lot more competitive um, than it was in the first half of the season so I'm pretty happy with where it is right now yeah and I I got a couple teams like that I've been, I've been battling between like fifth and eighth in a league where I'm just like you know what and and the crazy thing is I have like 71 points and third place has like 76 so it's like really bunched up where if I could just fight into the money like let's go let's go, let's get it um but the other thing I, I think I talked to Curlin about it last or maybe it was Bloomfield on Thursday 
there's still so much movement in the standings. It's ridiculous right now. Um, like I took off to go like hang out with my daughter at the water park on Sunday and I was leading her in second in a handful of leagues. And I came back in an, that night at the end of Sunday's games and all those leagues, I was in fourth place. I get just flipped quickly. And then I'm back in first on Monday. Like it's just, it, it's crazy. We always talk about it as like, you know, past was it Memorial day or whatever. Like you can kind of start to get an idea. No, there is crazy movement still taking place. Right. I think, I think the overall is where any overall contest is kind of cemented a little bit more, but yeah, Probably, these leagues yeah. are, um, it's, it's still crazy. It's kind of for grabs. I mean, like you will have like the runaway first place team. I think that kind of is yeah. a pretty solid lead, but I think when you're in like the, if you're talking like 12s, maybe like eight, eight, eight to fourth place range that that can move pretty easily. Yep. The 15 is more like probably 10 to five. I mean, you can get a lot of movement still. So yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're anywhere close, just don't give up. Yeah, and that's just why I bring this up. You said that there's like I keep telling people I know it's a long ass season. I know we're tired. Like I get tired a lot. But if you still want to like compete, there's room to compete. That's all I'm gonna say. Like there's players we we'll talk like that's why I want to bring up some August surprises. Like, do we believe in them going forward? Because if you bought into them in at least mid-August, if not early August, you had a heck of a run and they helped you in a big, big way. And can they keep going? Or who's maybe there'll be some other guys that show up. We will get to that. And some of those other guys might be helpful. Because and we can thank the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for this. Like this could be a, a big, a big thing for them because they might not be the best of teams. We know this, um, but playing time is playing time, especially in deeper leagues. Like you talk about, and you know, one other thing I love about Ben is he plays a lot of Yahoo, and so he likes to bring that to the table. And that's a like, I know I, I talk about NFC a lot, and a lot of other shows do, but the mass of people that play fantasy sports play ESPN. They play CBS, they play Yahoo, they play 10 and 12 teamers. Like they're not playing these crazy main events. And I love talking about main events. I love talking about OCs because that's what, you know, honestly moves the needle. I'll just be flat out honest about the situation. But at the same time, we're also here to help everybody. So it, it, it's fun to talk about these angels here because they might not be the best of teams, but they will supply playing time. And that makes streaming options. A lot of these guys might not be like, hey, go run. They're going to help you out for the last month of the season. But they might be streamable, that's for sure. And they're guys that are definitely going to be on your waiver wire more often than not. So we'll start with the big news here that broke a couple hours ago. Actually, according to Jeff Pass's Twitter, about an hour ago. Um, the Angels, they have placed starter Lucas Giolito, relievers Matt Moore, who actually has been great in the back end of the bullpen the last two years, Ronaldo Lopez, who was great with the Angels and the White Sox, outfielders Hunter Renfro and Randall Gritchick on waivers. On waivers, folks. And before we get into the ramifications, Ben, just for those people keeping track at home, we discussed this before the show. What this means is these guys are pretty much out of options. That's why you can't DFA them and hope they just go to the minors. They're going on waivers, which means like Gritchick and Renfro in the lineup on Tuesday night. They're playing until they're claimed. I believe it's like a 48-hour window, give or take. And whatever team picks them up, they pick up the salary for the rest of the season. If the Angels were just to outright DFA them, the Angels would have to hold on to their salary and the other teams would pay the minimum for the rest of the season. Big difference. So what the Angels are doing is they're trying to save up to $7 million against the luxury tax for next season. That's what this is. This is a strictly business decision. Last bit of news before I let Ben have the floor here. These players can be picked up in reverse orders of the standings. So the worst teams to the best teams have first dibs on putting claims in on these players. What Ben and I will probably speculate on here, 
wildcard teams will be your first people bidding on them because teams out of the playoffs have no reason to spend money on potential free agents for 2024. All right, Ben, let's just start at the top here. The big name, Lucas Giolito. And I'm partly biased because I've always loved Giolito. There's just something about him, his personality, the pitcher he is. Um, it's been rocky in Anaheim. There's no denying that. He's still been better this year as a whole than he was last season. He's not the ace he was a couple seasons ago. But he could definitely help a playoff contender out, especially as a potential third or even fourth starter, depending on their strength of rotation. So if you're looking at this, Ben, just for fun, where do you think Lucas lands up and how do you think that affects his potential fantasy value for the last month of the season? Yeah, so we kind of mentioned it before we got, we started recording, and I think the Reds are going to be the f- team that will get him, if I had to, if I had to guess. Um, the only team with the worst record in the in contention for a wild card is the Marlins, and I don't think um, – well, there's, the rotation is one of their strengths, so I don't see why they would want you a little. I mean, that would be a great park for him because it's so big. Um, I was just bring up his, his player page. So, yeah, so this year he's kind of had a homer problem. He's given up 30 homers already in 150 – there's over 150 innings, so that would not play well in Cincinnati. Um, that would, yeah, so that could be an issue if he does go there. But I mean, he's if they're if they're serious about contending, I think they're the, going to be the ones who uh, who get him. Uh, let me yeah. see who else is in, in close. I mean, the Red Sox were kind of down there too. We were talking about them. They're tied with the D-backs. They'd be the next two teams available: D-backs yeah. and Red Sox. The D-backs are quite interesting as well. Yeah, they're already in. They're they're sitting in that third wild card right now, and the Giants are there. I mean. You, you probably know better if they if they'd be serious about getting him, but uh, I think I'm, the Reds I'm, I'm dreaming about them getting him. Like I wanted to <laughs> trade for him at the deadline, and they didn't make a move. I think Gilito would do wonders in that ballpark. Obviously, um, if somehow over the next 48 hours or so, I get an alert that says the Giants claimed Lucas Gilito off of waivers, I would be over the moon. They have the money, so that's not the issue. Because <laughs> if people forget, they didn't sign anything in the off season because they screwed that up. So I'd be all about Gilito coming here, but I think. I think Boston, if it's not the Reds, it's not the Giants. I think Boston could be a good landing spot because they're hurting in that rotation. Yeah, they kind of have a lot. Of, they have a lot of options, but they're just all banged up or just not doing well. It's it's weird. Yeah, so that'll be fun. I think most of those landing spots are okay outside of Cincinnati, obviously, because that's the new Coors Field. So that's pretty obvious stuff there. Um, next up on the docket, we don't really have to go over Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez. Those will be great assets in the back end of a bullpen that some team's going to flourish with. Uh, yeah, I will Rendon, say real quick, though, on those yeah. guys, on Sunday, they got the loss and the blown save. Ah, <laughs> I was looking at the roster resource, so I thought perfect that was kind of timing. ironic. That is very <laughs> ironic, actually, the way yeah. you look at that. And then you have Grichik and Renfro. And I actually wrote, wrote up Grichik for this week's Fantasy Pros, Risers and Fallers as a faller. He's been pretty darn bad since coming over to the Angels. And Renfro's just been, like, quiet. It's really nothing – he's not horrific, but he's not great by any means. So, to me, it's kind of a lateral. They're probably going to be, like, fourth outfielders unless you see something different. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to where where they go. Uh, I don't. Looking at the teams again, um, yeah. yeah, the Red Sox don't really need outfield help. The no. the Blue Jays, I mean, they have Kiermaier, Varsho. Um, who else do they have? Uh, Kiermaier, Varsho. Uh, they have. Who do they have? That's a great question. They, they're they're pretty loaded. Um, not, not I wanted to say Lourdes, but he's gone. No, I'll pull them up. I got the roster resource up right here. It's Varsho. Oh, Springer. Yeah, Springer. yeah, they, yeah. They don't need them. They, yeah, they don't need an outfielder. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fourth outfield situation, yeah. is, is what it comes down to, which is it's kind of a yeah moot point in, in the fantasy world. So there are probably drops in reality if you've been holding them this long. 
like that's kind of I think the the takeaway unless some random thing takes place. But like you said, looking through the teams here, the Reds don't need them. Um, the Giants don't need them. The Giants might do it just because that's what the Giants do, but they don't need them. Uh, Arizona doesn't need them. Cubs don't like none of these teams really need outfield. That's the biggest thing. Um, so let's look at the flip side of this, the Angels. Now, uh, we'll start with the Renfro Gritchick side of thing. That was their left field and their right fielder, like right now, because, you know, Trout's on the IL, obviously. Uh, they're hurting for stuff. So does this, um, even if you look, you know, at, you look at their roster research, they don't even really have a good outfielder on the bench on their team. This is bonkers to look at here. So you're like digging into the minor league system for the Angels, like Joe Adele, maybe. Does Joe Odell get a chance here? Is this Joe Odell season? Wait, no, he's hurt. Never mind. That yeah, he's on the lineup yeah. of injured players. Yeah, this is just nuts. So, like, looking at their minors, Jordan Adams is a top-tier prospect that might get a look. Um, maybe Jared Walsh comes back and gets a little playing time to see if he can figure it out. I don't think there's much fantasy relevance here unless we get a surprise. No, I, I remember hearing Trey Cabbage's name a little bit, so I'm sure he'll slide in into one of those two spots right away. Um, he's already on the roster. He's the – I mean, they have Eduardo Escobar listed as an outfielder too, but I don't see him being an outfielder. I doubt he'll start. Yeah, you already mentioned him, but I think the one guy who drew my attention was uh, Jared Walsh, but he was just so bad when he was up earlier this year. And um, I don't know how he's doing in the minors. I mean, if if he's still down there, I'm sure he's not doing well. So I don't know if you can be too uh, proactive here. You might just have to wait and see what happens. Now to the pitching side with Giulio leaving town most likely. You have Tyler Anderson. You have Reed Detmers, Patrick Sandoval, Griffin Canning, um, Silseth on the seven-day concussion IL. So I think in the grand scheme of things, you get a Silseth, Anderson, Detmers, Sandoval, Canning rotation. That just makes sense. Uh, maybe Jaime Berea gets a little long rotation there. Is there anybody else that maybe you think of the minors, you'd be like, oh, maybe we'll get a shot and see this guy get a chance? No, you took my one guy, Jaime. I, I was going to suggest him probably sliding into that fifth spot. Um, yeah, I'm looking at their triple A at least, and I do not recognize any of these names. I'm not the biggest prospect guy either, but uh, um, yeah, it's he might just they could call some random person up from double A, you never know. Uh, yeah, this is a, it's definitely a weird situation, it's hard to uh, say for sure what's going to happen. Yeah, it's it's a rough one there, so keep an eye posted on that. Like the idea was to hopefully get some uh, aspects between the angels coming in there, but there's really nothing to be seen there. So, yeah, we're stuck in that scenario. Let's look at the flip side of things here. Um, New York Yankees, they sent Harrison Bayer to waivers. So that becomes quite interesting if we want to look at the outfield situation um, with the Yankees. You being the resident Yankees guy, I guess first I'll say, where do you think Bader lands? He's been through all the teams that don't need outfielders. But he's a defensive outfielder, so that's kind of a little different, I guess. But where, where do you think this – maybe benefits a Yankees playing time situation? Well, I, I guess it means that Pereira is not going to get sent down because he deserves to get sent down, but um, he'll probably stay in the lineup. Uh, Cabrera as well. Cabrera could get full-time play appearances, um, not just being in the outfield because he can play all over. The, he can play third and short as well. So I'm sure he'll get a lot more playing time. They might just want to see how he ends the year because he's been a pretty big disappointment. Uh, there's always Jake Bowers too. I think he's a, a pretty good candidate to um, at least take up one of the outfield positions because he was starting for a while at least against righties, and I, I think he could slot back in. Uh, I mean, he's not a guy for the future like uh, Cabrera would be or Pereira, and they, and I think they're I think they're completely done. I don't see them if they're wa- putting him on waivers. They're throwing up the white flag. Yep. They won't be claiming anybody. And uh, 
in the minors. Um, I mean, there's Franchi down there still, but he's not anything special. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be uh, Oswaldo Cabrera for now or Jake Bowers. Okay. Well, that's so but There's a wild card, though. They could call Jason Dominguez because he's killing it at AAA right now. I like that one. Now, that's where I think the fun could begin. Like, you know, what's the harm in giving him a couple, you know, you know, weeks of at-bats, maybe a month of at-bats, getting ready for 2024. That's the fun one right there, I think. Now, do the, do the Yankees really want to go about that? We'll see. Like you said, Pereira's not proven himself. Bowers has had his chances, but is he really that great? And is Bowers a part of the future? No. So uh, Pereira at least maybe could be still if he figures things out. Where Domingo's, that's a great wild card pick. So we'll have to keep an eye on that one. That could be part of the moving and shaking. That's why I kind of think this is a fun uh, kind of, I guess, exercise in this one. New York Mets, they placed Carlos Carrasco on waivers. And Cookie is not Cookie anymore. They're kind of stale cookies at the moment. And that's just, we like the, the fresh, chewy ones when they come out of the oven. Cookie ain't there anymore. Um, so you got Cody Singa, you got David Peterson, Tyler McGill, Jose Gatani. Remember this rotation at Verlander and, and uh, Scherzer and all these other guys? Yeah, that, that's gone by the weight side. So if Carrasco leaves um, – I guess we're looking at maybe calling up a maybe Joey LaCasey again, or do you see something else planning out maybe in New York? Yeah, LaCasey definitely is an option. Maybe Jose Budo. I think he was already up this year once, I think, right? Budo could be good. That's a good call. Yeah, he's – um. I'm not as in tune with the Mets. Uh, I don't listen to the talk radio anymore, so I'm not really sure how things are going over in Queens. I know it's not good for my friends. Right. <laughs> yeah, they've moved on to football. But, uh, yeah, I could see Lucchese coming back up um, just to eat innings for them. And, I mean, if he's still signed for next year, maybe they want to trade him the offseason or something. But he's just, he's good depth to have for next year too, potentially. But um, he's 30, so – I could see them wanting to get a look at a younger player like Budo or somebody else who I'm not aware of. Okay. We'll have to kind of wait and see. This is the other problem. These are bad teams, so the replacements might not be that great. That's how it comes down. And, like, I, we, you know, we don't need outfielders. Carrasco is really not a let's-go-grab-immediately type guy, so that's another, another tricky spot. This one has legs. Mike Clevenger. Clevenger has actually been really good of late, like really good of late. And it pains me because I like to fade him anytime I can in DFS. And it's, it's worked for me way more than it hasn't. Let's put it that way. But he's been very effective of late. And maybe he's finally getting healthy again. What a concept. So the White Sox sent him first. Let's do what we do with Giolito. Uh, if we think Giolito, you know, obviously could help the Reds. So could Clevenger. You got the Giants. Um, you got some of these other teams in Boston and, and whatnot. If you had to be a guessing man just for fun, where do you think Clevenger lands? So looking at the win percentages, <clears throat> so the Red Sox are tied with the Diamondbacks. We we pointed out. So if you think the Giants need a pitcher, I could I would see him being the second option going to San Francisco. If not, I don't know how the tiebreaker would work with the Red Sox and the Diamondbacks, but I think that the Diamondbacks probably need a starter more than the Red Sox. Yeah, I think so. I would, if not the Giants, I think he's going to the NL West. Is my guess. And you know what's fun is the Giants could get them both if they really wanted to. <laughs> I'm I, I'm not 100% sure on the rules, so please don't come in the, the comments and just tell them roast me. But I think it's the record's the record. You can take as many guys as you want as long as you're willing to pay them. That's the way I see it. The flip side is you have to make room on the 40-man, so what teams want to do that too? Like there's so many layers to this, so we're just kind of having fun in that scenario. But the idea would be Giolito and Clevenger land in a very favorable situation, it looks like, on paper. Now we look at the White Sox side of things. You have Cease, you have Tukey, you have Kopech, and you have Schultons. 
after that, it ain't pretty. Um, even when looking at the the rest of their system, it's I don't even know most of these minor league guys. They have some, you know, the fifth, twelfth, and fourteenth ranked prospects in their system are down in AAA. One's not even twenty one yet. So again, I'm not a prospect guy. I know you're not a prospect guy. Do you see anything of interest with these guys? No. So the top guy, well, I, there's one name that I, I know of. Uh, well, besides Davis Martin, he's injured though. I, I'm not sure what his status is for co- pitching this year, but um, going way back to early drafts, draft and holds. Um, one, one guy I drafted on one of my draft champions was Sean Burke. And I, I drafted him, I think like, like the last round because I saw somewhere when I was looking up players that he was going to be the sixth starter for the White Sox, and he's been nowhere to be found. He's 23, almost 24, so I think he's a one of their he's their 14th ranked prospect according to a Fangraph. So I think he may might get the call. I don't know how he's pitched in the minors. I mean, he may may be terrible. That's why he hasn't um, got, gotten called up yet. But he was a name that I had I was looking at um, in draft champion in draft season. So I don't know. We'll I love to I love to know what's going on with him. There's no recent news here. Um, he has not pitched since June 10th. Nah, there's no injury thing here, so maybe that's he's... what I'm saying. There's no real news on him. And up till then, he pitched basically from April 18th to June 10th. He made nine starts, seven six one ERA, 34 Ks, yeah. and 36 and two thirds. So yeah, it didn't work out too well. Maybe he got Jose Urania. <laughs> oh my God. Like that's a blast from the past. But then yeah. again, we've seen teams like this throw the Quatos of the world out there. And uh, yeah, the twins just signed Dallas Keuchel. Like maybe one of these teams sounds signs Dallas Keuchel. But, uh, and Ryan Bloomfield in the chat, know the damn rules, but hey, Bloomfield, go back to doing whatever you're doing, please. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a wild one. This is going to be fun. I'm more excited as a Giants fan thinking, okay, I wanted these guys at some point in time. And I'm still expecting the Giants to let me down and not make the playoffs. I'm very, I'm very aware of that. As, as you know, as a Yankees fan, I'm a Giants fan. You usually expect the worst these times of year, just the way things have gone of late. But the fact they're still hanging in there and they're just pesky and they just do this stuff, it's just like they're giving me false hope like usual. So let's see what um, – either either or, I prefer Geo. The way Clevenger's been pitching, get them both. We need to then, – then we don't have to like freaking do all these opener situations, and I'd be really cool with that. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Much more to talk about, maybe with Ryan on Thursday night. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how this all pans out. But uh, it'll be quite interesting to see how that unfolds. All right, let's talk about some August surprise performers here. We got some hitters. We got some pitchers. Maybe I'll jump around. We'll see. But uh, let's start with Kerry Carpenter. I saw a tweet from Underdog Fantasy earlier this morning, and uh, I already made this list prior to that, but it made me laugh that he's on this list, and it checks out. In August, WRC Plus leaders in the month of August, Kerry Carpenter. Uh, did you see this tweet at all, Ben, by chance? No, I missed it. Okay. They tweeted, I believe, it was like the top six or uh, two, four, six, top eight in WRC Plus in August. Can you guess where Kerry Carpenter ranks in that list? Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. 
And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll say fourth. That is correct. Oh, um, I didn't look. <laughs> yeah. Mookie bets 247 WRC plus. For those keeping track at home, 100 is league average. J Rod's 232. Bryce Harper's 212. Kerry Carpenter has a 210 WRC plus in the month of August. That is ridiculous for those that don't play as close attention as you know most of us do with fantasy. But just for the, the the real fun of the situation, the month of August, Carpenter's hitting 364 with nine home runs, 20 runs scored. 19 RBIs and striking out less than 20%, which I think is pretty darn impressive. So the question we have, and that's what's kind of the, here, what are your thoughts on Carpenter for September as we try to go down the home stretch? Yeah, I pulled up his uh, rolling graphs to look at some key uh, metrics. Um, this is a good idea how he's going playing because I don't have him, but I keep hearing about him. I, I, I missed the, the bandwagon. But uh, just to give the listeners some context, so his hard hit is – steadily risen all throughout like the last 30 games he's up to about 40 percent hard hit rate so that's excellent yeah his woba is his rolling his most recent woba is like 411 on, on the graph he's just on fire like you like you mentioned um his babbitt's a little elevated but nothing too crazy 344 so that's that's somewhat sustainable i'm not sure how fast he is but that's not that's not like too outlandish good k rate of 20 uh his swing strike rate is 12 so it's probably about average so i think He's definitely on a hot streak, but I don't think he's like way overperforming right now, um, which is what I think everyone wants to hear. So like, I could, I, he's definitely going to be usable the rest of the season. Um, I don't think he's going to have a 200 WRC plus like you mentioned or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, he's playing full time now because I think earlier, well, he sat against the last lefty they faced, but they don't have him in a platoon anymore on roster resource. So I think that was the biggest thing holding him back early on. But if he's playing every day, then he's batting fourth for the Tigers, and that's not the best lineup, but that's great for plate appearances. So I think he's a uh, if somehow he's available somewhere still, I'd, I'd scoop him up. Yeah, he's available in smaller formats. I'll say that much, uh, especially in the Yahoo world. So that's why like I see these names pop up a lot when I'm doing my Yahoo waiver wires over the weekend. He's there. Uh, and on the season, 290, 20 home runs, um, 142 WRC plus, 249 uh, ISO. He reminds me, honestly, of the better batting average version of like Anthony Santander. That's who Kerry Carpenter reminds me of. Santander, I think, has played a little more, few, few more games 
very similar power production between the two because Santander, he's on a seven-game hitting streak. He's on fire right now. Honestly surprised. He must have had a slow start to August or he would have made this list too. But um, he, he's been very, very good. So, yeah, Carpenter is a guy that I'm with, and I, I know it's talked about a lot. I've talked about it with others on other shows. Um, if you're a Tigers fan, I'm not saying they're going to go win you know, a World Series anytime soon, but you have some entertainment coming your way. And then the, the hitters you're calling up, the ones that haven't got called up that are going to get called up soon, and some young pitchers. Like, there is a lot to like if you're a Tigers fan. Uh, so just have a little hope. The AL Central sucks. Not going to get much better anytime soon. So you at least might make the playoffs pretty soon, which, you know, that's, that's half the fun, to be honest. All right. For anybody that listens to my content, you know my thoughts on one Zach Geloff. That is very simple. I am in love with Zach Geloff because I call him the Mike McLean of the National League this season. In the month of August, 309 average, seven home runs. He has eight doubles, so 15 extra. But he nearly has, he has a 299 ISO in the month of August. That is crazy. Uh, he's got four, uh, four stolen bases to throw on top of it. The fact he only strikes out 23% of the time, as I like, because that was kind of a concern coming out of the minor leagues with Geloff. Um, almost 14% barrel. I'm simple with me. I love him. I'm just going to keep rostering him everywhere I can to finish the season. But I will admit, like I've some very smart people have pointed out, he might be overachieving in certain aspects of life. So what are your realistic thoughts on Zach Geloff to finish off the season? I hope he keeps it up because I have him on both my Yahoo teams and it's been, it's been great. I wish I had him in NFBC, but uh, I think when he got called up, I did, I was just late to realizing that, that he was as good as he was, but uh, yeah, you mentioned the strikeout rate. So he was around 30% when he f- first got called up and he, in his rolling graphs, he's down to about 20%, uh, 22. So that's great um, improvement. I mean, I know Ryan always mentions and other people mentioned too, like skills can fluctuate, but I mean, that's good to show that it's decreased gradually over time as he's gotten more plate appearances. And uh, it's funny that he's on the list because you look at his rolling graphs, his BABIPs actually decreased as August is going on. His Wobas um, decreased, his hard hits decreased, but they're going to like normal levels or like not not normal, but like not as crazy levels. So I I think he can still be productive um, here on out. They have no reason not to play him. I mean, he's proven that he can, at least for now, that he can uh, hang with major league pitching. He's batting second, which is great, even if it, even if it is the athletics lineup. But so uh, there's no, I don't see how he's available anywhere still at this point. But like to your point, those Yahoo leagues are there's a ten team league, and you need in, infield help, middle infield help. Definitely add him. Yeah, he was around fifty percent Yahoo last week. So I don't know how much took place this week, but. Like that's why I, I just laugh. Like I love you, Yahoo people, and I know it's probably the the more like you know home home friendly eight and ten team leagues. I get it, but I still look at. It, I'm like, God, that'd be nice. That would be nice. It'd be so nice to see those players sitting there. This is a fun one because I honestly think a lot of people do not realize how good Brandon Belt has been right now. Uh, as a Giants fan, I've always said for years now, a healthy Brandon Belt in a good ballpark is one of the better left-handed hitters in baseball. I just felt that honestly. Now, health has been a tremendous problem with Brandon Belt, and there's no denying that's even been a problem this season. Um, but he's been healthy in August, and he's hitting primarily second in the Toronto Blue Jays lineup, which does not stink either. He's hit safely in all but five games in the month of August, hitting 284 with seven home runs, 17 runs scored, and 11 RBIs, still walking like 18% of the time. Strikeout rates through the roof, but it almost feels like that because he has a 338 ISO. It almost feels like he's selling out now. Even though, even though he's walking, which is weird. It's like he's selling out, but he's walking. It's it's a weird combo with Belt, but he's been super productive. The power's there. Um, I added him a while back. I enjoyed the, the Cincinnati series. I think he's definitely a corner infield viability. And as long as he's healthy, I think 
I don't see like maybe the average isn't there, but the overall like run scoring abilities hitting second in that lineup should help a ton in September. I agree. Yeah, the strikeout rate's weird because I don't think he ever really struck out like this in his career, no. did he? No, he didn't. That's why God, it even just took me back right now seeing that when I was looking at his month of August. Like, I, let me pull up his his season by season. It was, you know, 23 and a half, 20.6, 20.1. Then it went but 21, 27, 2022, 27.2. This year up to 35%. But the walk rate's gone up to his best since 2020. So <laughs> who knows? And his ISO is the best he's had in a couple of years. Like, yeah, it's weird. The other weird thing, too, is that so looking at his swing strike rate, which you can kind of like, there's always that debate of how much you can when like this strike rate will predict the K rate, but uh, it's only at like 12%. So it seems like he's striking out more than he should be based on the swing strike rate. So maybe he's like he's with the walks being up, he's yeah, he's being too, too patient. Yeah. I mean, it's working for him because he has seven homers in August, I think, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I have him in three NFBC leagues. I'm in both main events and uh, my main event qualifier. And uh, yeah, he's been a staple of my lineups. Well, as long as there's not too many lefties, that's the only yeah, frustrating part is that he's platooning. Um, so if you're in a daily lineup league like Yahoo or if you're like anything like that, definitely it's probably nicer to have him there because you have the flexibility of switching him in and out depending on who's, who, who he's facing. But, I mean, even in these 15 teamers where you're doing biweekly lineups uh, or semi-weekly, semi-weekly lineups, um, yeah, he's he's still valuable if you get three or four righties in a week or in a half 100%. week. 100%. He's a, definitely some, uh, someone to, if he's still available for you, and he, he was for a while, especially in 12s, even in NFPC. People were just kind of like, ah, it's Brandon Belt, it's Brandon Belt, whatever. It's been it's been very nice. It's been very, very productive. Adam Duvall is another one, similar to Belt in my mind, where people are like, whoa, what is going on? The eight-game hitting streak he's on right now that I've documented a couple times on the First Pitch podcast recently is ridiculous. That's pretty much where all his power has been coming from. But uh, in the month of August, he's hitting 294, seven doubles, eight home runs. He's homered in three straight games now. He's had six home runs in his last eight games to go with five doubles. Um, but the power has been legit. We know with Duvall, when healthy, and he had that ankle, that wrist injury, so maybe he's finally healthy. When healthy, he can be streaky with the best of them. And he's hitting fifth in the Boston lineup. He's playing every day because at first he was platooning, not platooning anymore. Um, what's your thoughts on Duvall? Because, again, it's a streaky situation. So so what are your thoughts here? He's somebody who's got to keep playing if you have him until he cools off because this is him in a nutshell. It's just crazy looking at his – he has his highest average of his career right now, 272. That's nuts. Um, the only other time – I mean, it's kind of – well, he never really plays a lot uh, looking at his season game logs. So last time, the only other high, higher average was – 2019 in 41 games, he had 267, and he's at 272. So this is actually a lot more than his next highest, which was 2017, 249. So, yeah, we haven't seen this from Brandon Belton forever. I mean, not really ever. And, uh, yeah, so just stick with him while he's hot. I mean, I, th- I think Fenway helps him so much, though, with that green monster there. So I'm not really surprised to see him having his best year offensively now that he's gone there. Um, it's a matter of if he can keep the strikeouts down because he's still striking out a lot, of course. But, yeah, so. I say yeah. ride the wave. Another outfielder. If you were rostering Hunter Renfro or Randall Gritchick, go look at Adam Duvall. Just going to throw that one out there to you. Um, Elvis Andrews, and I get a lot of even <laughs> Bloomfield's still here. He even said it last week. Really? He's been playing that well? Yeah, he has been. Didn't play well over the weekend for our weekly game, though, but he's been playing well. Um, Andrews did this last year, by the way, when he got traded to the White Sox and started playing regularly and had like a – he was probably – a I wouldn't say a fantasy winner, but a fantasy game changer on a lot of teams in the second half of the season last year. And in the month of August, Elvis Andrews is hitting 333 with three home runs, 11 runs scored, 15 RBIs, and five stolen bases. 
he was leading off for a while, but he kind of fluctuates from the top of the order to the bottom of the order, I think, between lefties and righties here and there. But he's proving once again it's kind of like a boring stat line, but it's very productive, I think, for at least middle infield help. And I, I want to say there's 12-team viability, but it might still be deeper. I want to hear your thoughts on that. What's your thoughts on Elvis Andrews? Yeah, I mean, even in a 15, I, I, I see his name, I hesitate, hesitate to add him because I like he's just kind of washed up at this point. But yeah. I mean, I am grateful. I think I had him on man event team last year that did really well. So I, so I benefited from that last hot streak. But looking at his rolling graphs once again, his BABIP is it's a steady cl- um, increase for his BABIP, his WOBA, and his uh, hard hit. It's they've gone from like his BABIP's gone from like 242 in uh, early August to 324. <laughs> so he's, he's been red hot. I mean, there's no real big uh, fluctuation with this K Raiders swing strike rate. So I think he's, he's just seeing the ball well right now. And um, if he's batting leadoff, I don't know where he's batting in the lineup for them. Um, uh, he's been, it's been between top of the order and bottom. I think it's between lefty righty situations. Oh, so oddly enough, he hasn't played since Thursday the 24th, if this is correct. Oh, sweet. So I didn't even play the weekend that I rostered him against Ryan in the weekly game. Can't wait to hear about that on Thursday. Uh, yeah, L- Lennon Sosa played second. And uh, and he's playing very well. I think I don't know if I, I don't think I had him on the list because he didn't have a big enough sample size. But if you want to discuss Lennon Sosa for a minute, we might as well. Actually, he'll, he's probably in the rust in the waiver wire. We'll get to Lennon Sosa in a little bit. But yeah, uh, well, I, I get why they're playing it because he's 23 and Elvis is 35. So yeah, and their DF. Why, why wasn't Elvis Andrus? Well, because he's probably cost like a million dollars. So what's the point? Um, they should have yeah. got rid of Tim Anderson. That would have been entertaining. But um, <laughs> but he probably has like too many years left on his contract. That's probably the problem there. But, um, yeah, good call on Ellis Andrews. That, uh, the, I didn't even notice he hadn't played this weekend. That goes to well, show you a lot. I was at the lineup. I'm like, I don't see him in the top. I assume he was hitting leadoff. And then I looked. I'm like, oh, well, I don't see him in the bottom. And then I looked at the bench, and there he was. So he played like every game up till Thursday. I go ahead and roster him for a weekend series, and he doesn't play at all. That is outstanding stuff, White Sox. Thank you so much for being in the Chicago White Sox this season. Is Tony Larusa? That's right. Tony Larusa is advising the team now. You heard about that, right? It all makes yeah, it all it all makes sense. They're shooting people in the stands. Like the White Sox might be one of the bigger just S shows on the planet right now. It's 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 pretty impressive what's taking place there. Let's talk about somebody else that I know is playing, except he hasn't played Monday. Won't play Tuesday because there's back to back lefty situations. But Josh Rojas has been quite effective um, since coming over to Seattle. In the month of August, uh, 290 average, three home runs, four stolen bases. He hits ninth, but he scored 16 runs because there's a guy named Julio Rodriguez hitting second that drives everybody in. So Rojas, to me, is still a deep league-only type guy, but he's intriguing for the fact that he's playing every day against righty, so it's a matchup situation. But we've seen power speed really show up from him from time to time in his career. Maybe it's a new new location, kind of a new lease on life. What's your thoughts on this Josh Rojas one who maybe compared to Ellis Andrus, maybe he's a little more intriguing. The one thing that hurts with him is besides the lefty uh platoon or the yeah, lefty platoon is um he's hitting ninth. I forget if you mentioned that, so that's that hurts. Um but if you need steals though, I think he's a great add because basically what's kept his fantasy value alive the last couple of years is that steals potential. Um so yeah, and also he has a dual eligibility, second and third base, I believe, at least in NFBC, which is huge. Yes, so on Yahoo, it's, he definitely has that because they're always a lot easier with their eligibility thresholds. And uh, But if you're looking for, at like a pure hitting standpoint, he's still not very impressive. His hard hit rate's below 25% or barely 25% over the last uh, 30 days or so. 
Um, yeah, like the Wolba's low under 300. It's just, there's no punch behind what he does. It's He's mostly like, I think his singles are just like falling in or whatever. And he does have three homers, but as you know, you don't need to hit a barrel to hit a homer. But um, yeah, so I mean, definitely add him if you need steals, but I wouldn't expect too much other than that. Maybe an okay average, but. No, yeah. Maybe maybe more of a deep league play for for now. Yeah. Um, I didn't really want like break down these two guys, but I just want to mention how ridiculous Marcelo Zuna. He crushed the Mets last week. That helped a ton. But Ozuna and Eddie Rosario are both having great ends up seasons now. But a lot of it was a great August for these two. Um, it is a lefty righty situation for the most part. But Ozuna's been playing a lot more just every day. That has changed of late. Um, any interest in these guys? I'd imagine they're pretty much rostered in most formats. Um, but they, they've been pretty ridiculous of late. Yeah. Eddie's not the same guy he used to be on the Twins. He's a platoon player now, and he doesn't hit – he's not this. Doesn't have the same level of production, I don't think, anymore. Azuna, though, he's hitting, like, in his prime, it seems like, like on the Cardinals. And also kind of biased against Azuna. Um, not even mentioning his off-the-field stuff, but he's keeping yeah. Sean Murphy from full-time playing appearances, and it's really annoying. Um Hey, Sean Murphy's playing the, the three of those Sean, guys. Sean Murphy's playing in his second straight game today. I was shocked. I thought for sure he'd be out of the lineup. Just standard procedure. Back-to-back games for Sean Murphy in Coors Field. Watch out, everybody. Oh, that's the perfect time to do it then. But, yeah, yep. it's been so frustrating. Um, I mean, I guess I know what they're doing because he's performing, which I never would have expected this from him at this point in his career after how he's kind of declined. But, yeah, Ozuna, I th- I forget who was mentioning it, but I think it was, may have been Justin Mason and Paul Spore. They were talking like 140, 150 for his ADP next year. And when I heard that, I was like, wow. But how he's playing, I, I mean, it's not kind of that, not that far-fetched. I think the one thing, though, that may hurt him is I'm assuming he'll be util only because I don't think he ever plays the field. You're probably right. Let me just check real quick because like, I, 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 they might be right on that 140, 150 ADP on Azunas by the production standpoint. And in that Braves lineup, people are going to fall in love with that and probably for good reasons because they're gonna have that lineup together for like the next 15 years it feels like but um that's gonna be tough to stomach a 140 150 marcelo zuna uh, if you're looking at 2023 for ozuna he has played two games in the outfield two in left field i should say and yeah two games total in the outfield that's it so yeah he's gonna be util only that's pretty yeah, so he'll talk. probably be a, it sounds like a they think he'll be a higher price jd martinez as opposed yeah. to how he was this year. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because not everybody likes to take those uh, minor or um, util only guys that early in drafts. So we'll have to wait and see. Let's talk about Cabrian Hayes. This is a guy that always seems polarizing in draft season. Like, is this the year that Cabrian Hayes gets it done? This is age 26 season now. Hurt again with a back injury earlier this year. But since coming back, August 2nd, he's hitting 323. He has 12 extra base hits. Five of them are home runs, 18 RBIs, no stolen bases. That's kind of like people always said in the minors, he steal a lot. He's not stealing right now. But the offensive production has been pretty darn solid for Cabrian Hayes. So uh, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, so this is good to see him actually produce because he's been a big disappointment the last couple of years. So the I so I switched up his rolling graphs. And the one thing that I think is most important with him is his ground ball percentage. And it's around 40, which is huge for him. Because uh, I think he's been like a 50% plus yep. guy for most of his career. So if he can stick, it's like the Yanni Diaz thing. So if he can stay around 40%, which is, I guess, more like Lee average, if I had to guess, uh, that would be huge for him because he's hitting the ball 
I mean, his BAB is pretty high. He's a fast guy. He gets out of position steals, which is huge. Um, the Pirates have no reason not to play him if he's healthy. So, I, yeah, I think uh, – oh, also, too, in, in the, recently his heart hit spiking. It's gone from about, like, low 30s to almost 40% over the last 30 days. So, he uh, yeah, he's doing really well right now. So, this might be the breakout. I mean, it's a short, small sample, but it's definitely, it's definitely positive. Yeah, seeing the power show up is what has been outstanding from Cabrian Hayes. Now it's like, can we get the steals back we were getting before we got the power? Like, can we can we get the combination? Maybe it's he doesn't want to hurt himself by stealing bags. Like, let's just finish out the year and figure it out. I don't know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how he finishes because that'll definitely make uh, draft season fun. Discussing Cabrian Hayes for the twelfth time, it feels like. Where it's like, is this the year where he really has the monster season that we're hoping for? But so far, so good in August with Cabrian Hayes. Uh, he has a new career high in homers with 10, that's, 98 that's, games. <laughs> I like the tongue-in-cheek in that one. That's good. That's good <sighs> stuff. Uh, Cole Reagans, the darling of many people of late. I'm loving everything he does. He's pitching on Tuesday night, hoping for another gym as he faces the Pittsburgh Pirates. Over his five August starts, he's only made one other start before that, but five August starts, 2-1-2 ERA, 2-2-8 XFIP, 44 strikeouts in 29 and two-thirds innings, he has a ridiculous 29.8% K to walk, which is great. I will say it's been at Oakland, at the Cubs, St. Louis, at Boston, and the Mets. So a couple decent matchups, a couple cookie, cupcake matchups. But um, what's your thoughts on Cole Reagans? Because he is the talk of the town these days. I'm, I'm getting kind of upset that I missed out on him because when that trade happened, it, it did not set off any alarms for me to show any interest in adding him. So uh, good for you because I know you've been talking up how you uh, have them everywhere. So it's it's good on you, Bubba. I, I could use the pitching help, but yeah, you hit all the 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 key statistics there um, that I had brought up. His swing strike rate over that time is like fifteen point five percent, which is phenomenal. So yeah, as, the only thing I mean, it shouldn't really affect the end of this year, but those two Tommy Johns kind of had me worried for his outlook going forward. Um, so just maybe when you look at the listeners look at drafts for next year's keep that in the back of your mind yeah i'm with you i'm probably not gonna because i'm guessing this is price is gonna go through the roof come draft season if he keeps this this up so i'll probably be out uh i know on uh, rates and barrels because uh, i talked to nick listening to nick pollock and Eno saros on friday night talk about cole reagan's because nick pollock is a diehard cole reagan's guy um and Eno doesn't buy it uh so it's been a, a fun conversation listening to them uh, you know, discussed the, you know, the five pitches that he has, it's the increased velocity, which I started to agree with, you know, is concerning because all these pitchers we see with these increased velocities lately, what's that usually lead to Ben, where does that usually go? And he's already had two and like, you know, it, maybe he doesn't, maybe he's had his two and he's just, it's a different pitcher. It's still terrifying to put that in the back of my mind. So that like the increased ADP potentially, plus just that thought process going through my head, I'll probably be out. Unfortunately, we'll see. I will tell. But I'm going to live it up in 2023 and hope hope this keeps going. Now, a fun one, though, is you say Kikuchi, because I was all in on Kikuchi last season. We all know how that ended. So I don't have, I don't think, any shares of Kikuchi this year, and it stings because this whole season has been very, very good. But the month of August has been outstanding. 303 ERA, 343 XFIP, and five starts. He struck out 30 over 29 and two-thirds. The biggest thing for Kikuchi, five walks total in the month of August. Walks have been his bugaboo uh, when he's been down in recent seasons, and he's not walking anybody right now. Um, he, people have said he maybe he's the new Toronto's version of Robbie Ray. That's kind of what they're they're joking around about. They're not far off, but he's not he's not a Cy Young guy. But the the improvements I can see where they're going with that. 
So what's your thoughts on Kikuchi? Do you believe in a, a strong September finish, or is this kind of like a he's overachieving? How, how you look at him? Yeah, I, I'm, I do have him in two spots, so I've kind of benefited from this nice this breakout that we're seeing. I think it's been a little shaky last couple of starts. Uh, he hasn't been as crisp as he has uh, previously. And let me pull up his game logs. So yeah, so five, so three runs and four and two thirds against the Orioles, four and six against the Guardians, which the Guardians should have been like more of a cupcake matchup. But with that said, though, he had six strikeouts, one walk against the Orioles, and then eight and two against the Guardians. So he seems more like a BABIP situation there than anything. So um, that's to be expected every now and then. But yeah, so you mentioned the five walks. That uh, equates to a 4.2 walk percentage in uh, the month of August, which is phenomenal for anyone. And like that for him, that's like a, I don't know how big of a reduction, but it's insane. I, he was more like a 10% guy, I think, most of his career. So I actually, I think I have him started where I have him against the Rockies in Coors this week, mainly because he was one of my better options. So hopefully he keeps it going. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to see him keeping that going because he's been absolutely outstanding of late. Brennan fought. He has been, you know, it's been up, down, up, down. He's disappointed everybody. But since his latest recall, Brandon Fox looked like getting closer, at least the pedigree guy everyone was hoping for. Let's put it that way. Over his five August starts, 303 ERA, 383 XFIB. Uh, it's been at least five innings and in four out of five starts, three end runs or less in four out of five. And the strikeouts are there. So that's been good. It's not like perfect by any means, but he's showing like he went seven, no, he went into the seventh holding a no hitter against san diego two starts ago so he's showing signs of life in a big way um, are you a believer in fought going forward or is this kind of a you're still kind of handling with kid gloves and kind of concerned i wouldn't throw him out there regardless of matchup yet i think still definitely pick your spots at least with the red start he had a couple days ago they were in arizona so that was nice uh if it was in cincinnati i don't know if i would have played him there i, I did add him in um, one of my 12 teamers so i have to be mindful myself going forward the only thing so you mentioned the strikeouts being there. The one thing he actually, so of the list of the players that you identified for tonight, he has the lowest swing strike rate in uh, August at 9.6. So it seems like he's getting a little lucky with the strikeout rate, but um, I know he has the stuff to be really good. So it's good to see him finally turn around because he was pretty big disappointment early on. So, yeah, I would, like I said, I wouldn't throw him out there against anybody like the, like the Dodgers. I would definitely probably sit him and uh, the Braves for sure, but uh, in a good matchup, definitely roll him out there. Yeah, that's 100% right. I picked him up in a few leagues for cheap. I've been kind of playing the matchups the best I can there. Brandon Williamson from the Reds, the lefty, going tonight in San Francisco. Play him everywhere if you listen to this in time. See, 6500 bucks on DK. Um, he has really surprised me of late. I will say, you know, in the month of August, 3490 ERA, but a 308 XFIP. Uh, it's three run runs or less than three out of five. He gave it four to Toronto and five to the Cubs. I can kind of live with that. He took care of business against Arizona, Pittsburgh, and Miami. Teams you should take care of business on. Most impressive thing to me, though, at least six strikeouts in each start. He's getting the strikeouts. And the, the Giants strike out a ton versus lefties. But what's your thoughts on Williamson uh, down the stretch? Like, I picked him up for the two-step this week. Uh, it's a pretty nice one on paper. We'll see. He's got, I think it's Chicago and Great American on the weekend. But um, what's your thoughts on uh, Brandon Williamson? It's funny because I remember when he got called up, people were kind of down on him because he hadn't really been doing well in the minors lately. And uh... – it seems like he's one of the – I mean, this happens all the time. So people don't do well in the minors and they get called up and they kind of get back to their pedigree. Because so I know he was a decent decent prospect. So, yeah, he uh, – kind of like with Kikuchi, he has the – he's a 5.2 walk rate or, during this month with a 29.3% strikeout rate. So that's that's fabulous. Um, yeah, so I, I – but kind of like with Fat, 
you can't really I wouldn't roll them out all the time. The, the two steps good, but you got to be careful with those uh, home starts in um yeah in Cincinnati. Yeah, I really uh, uh, the reason I was okay with it it was I need to strikeouts. That's one of the big stats I need. Uh, ratios are kind of out the window, so I'm like, okay, if you want to go with three or four at home against the Cubs with strikeout six or seven. Let's go. Like, I'll, I'll take that one on the chin. That's kind of where my head's at on that one. And if you can give me a great start, awesome. So we'll see where that one goes. Uh, just a couple more guys here, and then we'll talk about some um, our, our fab for the week. Mike Clevenger. We already talked about how he's taken off, or he's going to be taken off sooner than later, as he got uh, put on waivers by the White Sox. He's looked like a brand-new man here. Uh, not, we're not talking off the field. We're talking on the field here. 270, all right, but a 505 XFIP. Keep that in mind. But it's been, you know, Wandering runner less than three of his last four. He's getting you five innings each start. Strikeouts have been there. Strike out 10 A's, which you should. Uh, the matchup's been pretty nice in the month of August. I will highlight that part. But what's your thoughts on Clevenger? Because this is once a guy that people believed in a few, couple years ago, and maybe he's finding his stride. I don't know. Yeah, looking at his uh, walk rate, he's at 10% for the month, so that's not very good. His bat has been kind of low, 257, so he's getting a little lucky there. Um Swinging strike rate's only like 10%, but if you're in a deep league, like a 15-teamer, he's definitely someone you need to have if he's available. And like we mentioned, it's going to be interesting to see who, who, who claims him. Like if he goes to the Giants, that'd be great for his value. It's a little bit better park to pitch in than um, Chicago. And uh, I, think the, I think the Diamondback Stadium is probably a little bit better too. I know it's yeah. it's, it's a little bit different now with the humidor. But, uh, yeah, it's more. I feel like this is more of a hot streak. I, I – don't like him as much as the other guys probably just based on the skills, but uh, you can't really be too picky right now. Last guy I want to bring up is someone you added to the list. Uh, and I think it's a great ad. I literally almost put him down. So when you text me, I was like, okay, that's perfect. That's, that's a good one to throw on there. Grayson Rodriguez. Um, obviously the first time through, not great. Goes to the minor leagues, tweaks a few things. Been pretty darn good. Pretty, pretty good. 264 ERA, 395 XFIP in the month of August, over five starts. Uh, I know you wanted to put him down here, so I'm going to let you talk about him as much as you want. What is your thoughts on Grayson Rodriguez? As he seems, to, at least on paper, when I watch him, he's getting better each time out there. Yeah, well, I remember – so one of the starts since he got called back up was against the Yankees, of course, and I, I was just stunned about how good his stuff was because he throws so hard and, like, it's like 100 regularly, and I did not realize he was he threw that hard. Um, so looking at his game log, the one thing that's not ideal – uh, I, I think this is probably part of the problem in, early in the year. Yeah, it kind of was. But he's thrown about like two walks every start almost against the White Sox yesterday. Only had one, and then against the Padres, it was one also. But I like to see some more zeros and ones in there. I mean, it's definitely improvement. Two per six innings isn't isn't awful. Um, but yeah, and even well, with that said, though, I'm, I'm going to be positive here. So he's faced the Dodgers since he got called up, the Rays, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Astros, the Padres the Blue Jays and the White Sox. I mean, he dominated them, so that's good. But he's he's pitching to a sub-3 ERA against all those opponents, so he's definitely clicking right now. And uh, he's definitely going to be a target for me, I think, next year, assuming the price isn't crazy because everyone loves their prospects. But uh, I will say, though, looking at his underlying numbers, so 225 Babbitt in the month, so he's been a little bit lucky, but I think he was due for some good luck probably based on how poorly he pitched. Um, his uh, um, contact – Stats against them are pretty great. Uh, hard hits, 31.7%. Active velocity against 86.6% miles per hour. Yeah, 86.6. So that, those are both great numbers. So um, when he's throwing that hard, it's going to be hard to square him up. The strikeouts aren't really there, though. He's a 
almost a 13% K uh, swing strike rate, which is great, but it's only like 23% K rate. So it's not really, the, the Ks aren't really getting to where they probably should be. Um, but as he gets more experience and probably learns how to pitch a little bit more, I think we'll get a higher strikeout rate. So yeah, I, he's, he's going to get wins as long as he keeps going deep into the games. He's doing that. He's going like six innings every game, I think, which is great for a young starter. He went seven against the Padres. Um, yeah, so he's kind of turning into what people were hoping for. Yeah, 100%. He looks looks much, much better for like all the things you mentioned. I was even watching uh, closely on Monday because I had him in my DFS lineup, and he, um, he was hitting like 99 and 100 pretty darn regularly. And I'm like, I don't remember him doing that that consistently the way he was in that game. Like he was just peppering the zone and using his off-speed pitches. He looked like a confident pitcher. Which was really good to see, kind of like what you like, pretty much what you were saying. So it, w- it was good to see the development every time out there with Grayson Rodriguez going forward. So I'm really interested to see where that continues on with Grayson. All right, a couple bit of news that has uh, taken place since we've been going here. Nothing too crazy, but Lynn and Sosa already went deep early in the game. So there goes Ellis Andrews even farther. Uh, just wanted to bring that up. And then George Kirby was scratched from his start on Tuesday. They're calling it an illness. So hopefully it's a day-to-day and he's back in a day or two. There's been a lot of these illnesses lately. So just keep like even um, J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez had one a couple days ago. So just keep an eye on that one. Hopefully it's something too serious. There's no news right now when he'll start again, obviously. I think we'll have to see how the illness goes. But you have to be pretty sick to not want to go place the Oakland Athletics. So we'll have to keep an eye on that situation. Let's talk about some fab real quick for the week. Some of the main hitters here, 12-team NFBC OCs. The top added player this week, obviously, would be Yiner Cano. 149 leagues, as high as 201, as low as a dollar. I'll even group in Tanner Scott because David Robertson got taken out of the closing role. Uh, it's been well documented this year, Ben, that there's not been a ton of like closing situations out there uh, on the waiver wire and whatnot. So to see these two guys pop up with about a month of baseball to go, Cano is clearly the dude anybody would want. Scott's there as well. So do you have any like thoughts on these two? I think. I know it's pretty simple, but uh, do you have any thoughts on these two? No, they were tied at the hip for me this week in Fab. If I needed a closer, I was putting in claims for both of them. So uh, I think if you need some strikeouts, I'd probably lean Scott because he's he's definitely getting a lot more strikeouts than Cano has, even though Cano's stuff seems pretty filthy. But uh, if you need – I would order them Cano-Scott, though, just in terms of how many saves I expect for the two of them. But, yeah, so – I know in some leagues, even like my 12s, Cano has already added this for the ratios that he was providing. So yeah. he, he won't be available everywhere. I think Scott probably will be unless people are being very proactive with uh, the recent struggles for Robertson. But, yeah, I think they're both great targets. Um, they're targets for me this week past, this past weekend. Yep, 100% with you. I got Cano in one of my OCs. I don't think he's available. Uh, and then someone spent a lot more in a second. We'll talk about this in a minute. But yeah. then he wasn't even available in the third. So, yeah, he's all, all over the board on those ones. Um, we already talked Josh Rojas, so we'll skip that one. But Jordan Wicks was picked up in 110 leagues, as high as $61, as low as a dollar. He's the big prospect in the Cubs system, the big left-handed prospect. Made his debut over the weekend, five innings, one earned, nine Ks against the Pirates. Looked very, very impressive in that start. And throughout the minor leagues this year, over 20 starts, um, 3.55 ERA, 99 strikeouts, and 91 and third innings pitched. Last thing I'll say, though, he gets Great American Small Park this week. Uh, against Ben uh, Ben Lively, and then next week he's versus Arizona, so that's not too bad actually. So, um, what are your thoughts on Jordan Wicks? Because I was like hesitant with the Cincinnati start, but I know some people weren't. So he was a guy I missed just based on how I do Fab. So I either 
listen for names throughout the week when I was on a podcast, or then I go off of like strikeouts over the last two weeks, seven days. And when I did fab, he hadn't pitched yet. <laughs> so I missed out on this one, but uh, I think I got a glimpse of his minor league numbers. He seems like he's pretty, he's a pretty good pitcher. I mean, he dominated his last start. So uh, I, I, if I had known he was a thing, I would have definitely uh, put a claim in, but um, this is one of those timing things that he kind of, kind of slipped through the cracks, but yeah. I mean, the swing strike rate in the start was 16%, so he was dominating. And, um, yeah, I think it's worth a shot at this point in the season, considering how pitching is. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm with you because I did most of my fab on Saturday night. So he wasn't even, like, a big time, like, yeah, I got to go run and get him guy for me. Or maybe I should have maybe paid attention a little more since I need strikeouts so much. We'll see how that one uh, fares in the long run. I mentioned the Tigers should be happy about their setup right now. Well, another guy coming that way is Parker Meadows. He's picked up in 84 leagues as high as $23, as low as a dollar. Um, he had a walk-off three-run home run on Friday night. He got called up on the 21st to join the Detroit Tigers, and since then he's hitting 261, three extra base hits, one being a homer, one stolen base, still striking out a ton. Um, the minor league numbers are pretty impressive when it comes to Parker Meadows. So what are your thoughts on him? Like, Were you aggressive on him in your formats? I did get him in a, in a league or two. Um yeah, he uh, just outfield's been tough to find consistent playing time on the waiver wire, especially in 15s. But uh, yeah, I think he's like a 2020 guy almost in the minors from 1919. Yep. Yeah, so that's great to find at this point in the season. I mean, there's there's no guarantees going to do well, of course, but uh, it's worth the risk, I think. Yep, 100 percent on board with you on that one. Another guy that I wasn't super aggressive on because most of my leagues I need pitching badly. Maybe I should – or I just didn't didn't have the funds to begin with. But then again, maybe I should have just done it because it is an OC and I probably could have got him for a buck somewhere. Um, Charlie Blackman. This one always makes me laugh because it's Charlie Blackman. But I'll be honest, since getting back from the IL on August 14th, he is hitting 404 with two home runs and 13 runs scored, and he's striking out 9% of the time. This past week he was added in 79 leagues as high as $36, as low as a buck. They get the Coors this weekend, which is a big factor in this one. What were your thoughts on Blackman? Like, it's one of those to me, it's ride the hot streak, enjoy Coors Field, probably drop him in the next week or two, but it's been pretty good so far. Yeah, he, unfortunately for me in uh, my NFBC leagues, he wasn't available anywhere. But, yeah, he's he's hot right now. Even on the road, he's hitting, which is great to see. I mean, he's always been always been a good hitter. No, I think that's not debatable. So, yeah, I think just to get those regular at-bats right now is uh, is pretty key if you're pushing for average especially with average, because he should help you a lot there. Um, the power, I wouldn't expect too much at this point of his career. He is 37. But uh, if he's hitting, where is he? Yeah, he's hitting leadoff. So he should get a lot of runs. Um, he's playing every day. So he's, he's definitely a good add. Yeah, you mentioned Rojas as a stolen base guy. Let's talk about this next guy here. Noelvi Marte was added in 57 leagues as high as 76, as low as a dollar. I know I heard uh, Spore and Mason last week talking about it. Like, he wasn't even added in all my leagues last week. People were not sold on Noelvi Marte. And you look at what he's done so far since getting called up on the 19th. He's hitting 207 with three doubles, two runs scored, two RBIs, and four stolen bases. Like, not lighting the world on fire, but he is stealing a ton. The Reds have a great American small park later this week, so he's a popular ad there. Were you in on Noelvi Marte? I was not, and this is mostly just because of how my teams are. I'm pretty much set at middle infield. So when I do my fab process, I look at – I go to my lineups and I – see what I need for the next week. And uh, if I'm set at a position, like I'll look to see how guys are producing like kind of fringe players, but um, 
for the most part, though, yeah, I was just kind of set. And like you mentioned, the playing time, I mean, how, how is, how's it looking? Like he's playing third every day, which is good. So that's I'm sure he'll get that soon. Um, he's, he's still only has shortstop in FPC. But, yeah, if you need steals and you needed a middle infielder, um, definitely he's a great add. And if you need a corner infielder and um, steals and he's still there, then you might get both of those if you uh, can add him this upcoming weekend. Yeah, for sure. Now, just a couple more guys here. I'm going to bounce around now to get some of the, the more popular names, I guess. Kyle Harrison of the Giants picked up in 48 leagues as high as 70 bucks, as low as a dollar. I don't believe he's picked up in any of my three OCs. That's what makes me laugh because – and I, I agree. I didn't really put bids in because I thought he'd be a three- to four-inning guy, get you strikeouts, okay ratios, but he has the potential to kind of get smacked around once in a while. What he did on Monday night, um, six and a third, no runs, 11 Ks, two walks against the Reds was amazing. He had five Ks and one walk over three and a third versus Philadelphia. He gave a two-run homer to Harper in his debut. He's looked great. I've watched both of his starts. Um, I even said it on my shows that people keep talking about his walks, his walks, his walks. The walks got better and better as the season went on. And his last four starts, they're actually pretty good. And he showcased in the big so far. They haven't been as big of an issue as I think people are claiming they are. My concern is the innings. Like, this was the most innings. He threw 91 pitches, both the most he's done in any start this season. The Giants are kings of piggybacks. That's what kept me off of him. After seeing Monday's start, Ben, if he's still available, are you going after a guy like Kyle Harrison? Because I think I am a little more intrigued now. Absolutely. I, he's available in one of my NFBC leagues. I already put a pending, like a, there's a placement, placeholder claim in for him. To remind you. Yep. I'm making sure he's going to be there when I, it comes to Friday or Saturday. And then in one of my daily leagues on Yahoo, I also want to add him uh, going into tomorrow. Um, yeah, so – yeah, so looking at his uh, his line or his stats so far, he only hit, so he has I think it's sixteen strikeouts and three walks and in almost ten innings. So that's an excellent start to his career. So I, I what you've been saying about his walks going down, I think that's definitely true. Do you know how many innings he has in the minors this year? Uh, I could pull it back up real quick. It's not like I said that he was going. I think like three innings max most starts an occasional four inning start. They were literally limiting him through all of his starts. His minor league AAA, 65 and two thirds innings over 20 games started. All right. So, so he just went six and a third against the Reds. So maybe they were just working with him and trying to keep him, like, keep the innings down for this stretch run, maybe. So, I mean, because yeah, on the bright side in 2022, between single A and double A, he combined for 113 innings. And this year, between the minors and the bigs, he's only at like 86. So he can go if they need him to. Yeah. So that, that difference is like a month is a month's worth of innings. So I don't see why he wouldn't, as long as he's performing to that level, yes. I don't see why he wouldn't uh, be given that leash. Yeah. So that's it's much more intriguing if they're actually going to let him do that. I am like, huh. I think we got something here. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to feel that way. Unfortunately. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out this Sunday. Gabriel Moreno, catcher for the D-backs, picked up in 47 leagues as high as $22, as low as a buck. I know I grabbed him in a couple leagues. Since coming off the IL on the 13th of August, 364 average, three homers, 12 RBIs, 13% strikeout rate. Moreno's been very, very impressive. I know I joke about the revolving door at catchers on the waiver wire, but he's a guy that looks like they're going to try to play every day now. Obviously, they got rid of uh, Kelly. Um, this, this at least could give you some legs if you're looking for catching help. This one stings because I had him in one of my main events. I, I tweeted about it the night after I, I draft or the night of my draft. I go like my, like the start of my draft. I don't know about Moreno's my catcher too. Uh, he was great for average, and in these last what's it three weeks, four weeks, he's 
scored as many, half as many runs as he did for me the entire season before he got hurt. It's, <laughs> it's I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing these highlights of the Dimax and he's getting a hit like every other at bat. It's just so infuriating. Uh, yeah. So I, I wasn't able to get him back, but this is what I was drafting him for. Cause I knew he, he was a good hitter and, uh, yeah, so good for whoever has him. Yep, we'll have to see how that one plays out. All right, Ben, let's uh, let's recap what we did this past week. If you have your stuff available, uh, who did you pick up and found this week? All right, it was kind of busy, uh, which is fine. Yep. Um, so here's my first main event. I added Brandon Marsh uh, uh, for fourteen dollars. He was dropped uh, dropped Cade Marlowe, runner up of one. I was kind of surprised no one really wanted Brandon Marsh, uh, especially in a main event. I mean, I know he's platooning, but He's playing great. Yeah, he hit a homer the like last night. Of course, I benched him because he had two lefties in the three games, but it's whatever. I have him. Uh, added Anthony Rizzo, $8 unopposed. I was surprised about that one. He should be back on Friday. Uh, and I, he should be playing as long as he's healthy. I dropped Javier Assad. So I appreciate that those two wins for last week. It was it was good. Um, added Tyler Stevenson, $4, runner up of one, and dropped Luis Campusano. And then last one for this team, I added Dakota Hudson, dropping Ken Waldichuk, $2, runner-up of one. So that was a good add. I mean, it's bad when you're adding Dakota Hudson in the main event. Yeah, it's a lot. Other main event, I added. this is where I added Parker Meadows, $4, dropping Cade Marlowe, runner-up of three. So that was nice. Also added Dominic Canzone, dropping Rowdy. Uh, moment of silence. Um, $3, runner-up of one. Also added Dakota, Dakota Hudson here, dropped Ken Waldichuk, $1, no runner-up. And then I added Connor Wong, dropping Luis Camposano again, $1, no runner-up. So that was good, getting those guys. Uh, MEQ, this is where I added Marsh again, $16. I had a little money to, spend, to work with here, so I was fine with – well, I overspent by way too much, but it was fine. I got him. Adding Brandon Marsh, dropped Kate Marlowe again, $16, $1 runner-up. Uh, added Ryan Pepio, dropped Javier oh, Assad, like 16 runner-up of 11 The Pepio one's weird because this is another thing. So he – I was, I think I was reading something on Twitter and I saw he's in the minors. I'm like, how's he in the minors? But then I think he's going to pitch Wednesday potentially. Um, yep. It's, yeah, the Pepio one, I'll, I'll let you get back to because I was in on him too. They want to use him. Like, they call up Gavin Stone. He pitches in long relief, uh, the piggyback on Monday. It looks like he's going to piggyback again later in the week. Then they send him back to the minors on Tuesday or Monday night. Pick up some, so you're you're hoping they keep the Pepio thing going because I was with you. I did the same exact thing. He's been really good. Why would they send him back? It made no sense. But you literally you look at eighty projected starters grid. He's nowhere to be found. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, I'm like, well, everyone else was in on him too. I wasn't like like the runner up was eleven dollars to my sixteen, so it's I wasn't alone. Um, but yeah, I mean, he'll he should be back up because they're they're kind of depleted with the rotation anyway. The Dodgers. Yeah, so I dropped Assad for him. So I appreciated that. That two start again for Assad. Here is, I added uh, Tanner Scott on this team, only um, $8, $1 runner up. I guess no one else needed saves. That one I dropped Matt Brash. Added uh, Willier Abreu, dropping Brian Rocchio, $6 unopposed. Added DJ, DJ LeMahieu, uh, dropping Rowdy, uh, $4, $2 runner up. And lastly, TGFBI, this is where I added Ryan Pepio again, dropped Wade Miley, $18 runner up of 17 So that was a nice uh, win right there. I like that a lot. I'm glad to hear you took the chance on um, Javier Assad. That makes me feel very, very happy on that one. Uh, my fab, one of my OCs picked up Cano, dropped Drew Smiley, $7 to three runner up. We'll get to his price in my other league. I had no chance, but somehow $7 worked. Got Brandon Williamson, dropped Zach Lytle, 4-0. to zero. Add Josh Rojas, dropped Nick Pavetta, 3-0. to zero. Just kind of churning and burning as we talk about this time of the year. Uh, my next OC I picked up. Oh, this this OC Cano went for one fifty two with a runner up of fifty six. So yeah, 
the OCs are so much fun, man. Uh, this one I got Brandon Williamson dropped Jay Smiley seven to one. Rojas dropped Jake Bauer six to nothing. Added Lennon Sosa dropped David Schneider, which stings because he was one deep again three to nothing. Um, he wasn't playing for a week and now he's playing every day again. I don't know what's going on in Toronto. That could uh, be a shit injury. It, yeah, that's what I'm hoping it is, but God, it's annoying. Carlos Santana, um, and then Bichette was day-to-day at the time, so I thought nothing of it. Uh, Carlos Santana dropped Bryce Terang at 3-3. Three to three. That was actually surprising to see a tie in the OCs. Um, and my other OC, I picked up Josh Rojas, dropped Mike Trout 6-3. to three. Um, That one was I should have wished I'd done a long time ago now. Elvis <laughs> added Elvis Andrews, dropped Mick Favetta. This league, I just praying for whatever I could get because it's – for. I'll say – I've said it all year for this OC – it's weird. The it's the worst waiver wire available on any OC I've ever seen. Like it's everyone's all the good players are gone every week. It's really bizarre. I got Brandon Williamson dropped Luis Medina four to three. Added Josie Romero dropped Drew Smiley four to nothing. And Cano was already rostered in this league. So um, yeah, this was a weird, weird league for sure. So those were my three OCs. Um, I got Harrison in some fifteens, uh, which was fun. But I'll probably be going in on him again this week. All right, a couple listener questions before we head on out of here for the episode. Um, a little book of calm. Some exciting new arms recently, like Tariq Skubal. Nine games started in 23, 28% K, K rate, 5% walk rate, 309 Sierra. Cole Reagans talked about him, beast. Kyle Harrison talked about him, beast. Jordan Wicks talked about him, really good. Who do you believe in, in the most to least from the group rest of season? Between So who do you believe in the most to least? Rank them. Scoobal, Reagans, Harrison, Wicks. I'll get my thoughts after you. So I believe the most in Scoobal probably because he's shown it before uh, and he's pitching really well. Then I'll probably go Reagan second, Harrison third, then Wicks fourth. But I, those top three, I could see you taking them in any order. I, I would just, I mean, I know it's kind of the cop out, but just look, look at matchups, I guess, if you're looking to add one or only one out of that group to see who they're playing or projected to face in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'll go Reagan's, Scooble, Harrison, Wicks. And if like if Harrison continues to get five-plus innings and outing, he might jump to the top of this list. Yeah. So that could make it a game-changing situation. Todd Whitestone says, Bubba, please list every player that went on the waivers and have been detailed and have been detailed exactly where each one will end up. Hey, Todd, we had that covered. Thank you. We got you, at least to the best of our abilities, because that's a – Going to be one of the biggest crap shoots out there, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And I double checked before we finish things up. There's been no new news on where those players are. I think it'll be a little feeling out. Like I think people put their bids in or their waiver claims in, and then it goes from there. So we'll see with that process. But over the next you know day or two, we should have some new faces in some new places headed into September, which will be a lot of fun. And I think they did it also now because these players need to be on a roster by September 1st to be playoff eligible. So that entices playoff teams to go do this. And that makes it a bit exciting as well. But as always, Ben, it's a pleasure, my friend. I, I appreciate you joining me. Any final thoughts as we're going to be heading into September, the final month of the fantasy baseball season? Fantasy football can wait. Yes. You got baseball to finish with. 100%. Yeah. Nice. But, um, yeah, of course, Bubba, thanks for having me on again. I always appreciate it. It's always fun to talk this stuff with you. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, going to be a crazy last five – yeah, I think it's five weeks. Right. Five, five waiver periods to go. Yep, we're we got a big big stretch run to go here. It's about five and a half weeks of baseball as it's Tuesday as we record. So it should be a lot of fun. Probably hear from Ben at least one more time this season, maybe two. You never know. 
it's, it's going to be fun. We'll, we'll uh, maybe we'll get some group group talk as you know as the season gets closer to the end. There's really not a whole lot of talk that we can give you to get you through to the end. So we'll kind of talk you know more waiver wires and potential stuff there. But if you're for some reason not following Ben by now, you should be. He's on Twitter at breaking Ben underscore T. Great stuff there. You can find me on Twitter at BDentric. And as always, thanks for listening. This is Benched with Bubba, episode 603. Catch you all next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.